Well, good morning and welcome one more time to Encounter Church. Uh, Listen, I want to start off this morning uh, before we jump into the content of the new series, Unfollow, just because it it dovetails so incredibly well. We've got an event coming up uh, called One Word on Wednesday at uh, 7 p.m. You can find a little bit more out on EncounterChurch.org slash events. Uh, One Word is, uh, is an event where women come and take the one word, the one idea, the one vision that God is asking them to press into, to live into this year and apply that in paint and craft form to canvas. And it's a cool thing, even though I'm not like eligible to go to the women's one word event, uh, I get to hear about that all year long, even on into November and December as people come back to the one word and, and just realizing like how God used that throughout the year. So check that out, women's one word happening Wednesday evening. All right, the series today is uh, that we're kicking off, Unfollow, is, uh, is kind of just, it's a remark, I guess, on the new year and the resolutions that we do all the time. Uh, oftentimes, we, we talk about adding things into our life, like, hey, this year, I'm going to add an exercise regimen or a devotional uh, schedule. I'm going to add in a diet plan or a budget, and there's nothing wrong with these things. It's just that sometimes, what we need to do, instead of adding we could probably use, uh, we could probably stand to subtract some things out of our life. So what we're doing is we're talking about unsubscribing or unfollowing some things in our lives. Um, Part three of the series, we're going to look at unsubscribe, unfollowing from this comparison game we play with other people. We're talking about unfollowing uh, from the hurried pace of life and be present in the present. Uh, And today, though, we're talking about noise and unfollowing the audio clutter in our lives. So kind of just to track us through this, um, this time together, uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to offer like a, like a good news, bad news, good news sandwich, you know? Like when somebody has some bad news to deliver, they like put it in sandwich form and it, like the top bun is good, the middle, you know, is bad. So it's like, hey, um, bring your car in. Mechanic says, good news, uh, you have an engine, all right? That's good news. And you're like, I, okay. Bad news is uh, it's going to need a lot of work. Like, this thing is going to get expensive. More good news, you're about to be a customer of the month, right? This is fantastic. Good news, bad news, good news sandwich. That's what we're going to do here today. The good news for us ahead of this time is God is speaking. Is that God is speaking uh, generally to us as a community. God is speaking to you as an individual. He's whispering into your life. And he's not like speaking, you know, he's not like speaking to me to tell you, like, hey, the world is going to end next week Thursday because I saw the face of Jesus in a potato chip. That's not what I mean when I'm saying God is, is speaking. God is speaking more than that, not just information. God is speaking formation. He is speaking into your life identity, who you are, whose you are. He's speaking into your life value and worth. He's speaking into your life guidance and direction. Listen, you can look up anything on the internet and get an answer and get some information, but guidance and direction is a whole nother story. That's not just valuable, that's invaluable. Guidance and direction. Think about it in terms of relationship and how often you wondered, I'm supposed to do life, who am I supposed to do life with? And God offers guidance and direction. I heard not too long ago a woman talk about how she was in a relationship for over a year that she knew was no good. Like she saw the red flags 
in week one of the relationship, but she stayed in the relationship for over a year because mom and dad told her to break up with that guy right away. And just to spite them, she stayed in. How much do we need good guidance and direction to save us so much time, to save us so much heartache, to save us so much pain? Guidance and direction as it relates to the job. You know, do I stay in what I'm doing or do I go out and pursue my passion project of like collecting gourmet boutique almond butter? Like, (laughs) I don't know what your thing is, right? But the guidance and direction that God offers, it's not just valuable, it's invaluable. The guidance and direction on how do we deal with conflict with those that we love around us. Guidance and direction and how do we deal with the anxiety, with pain, with loss, with fears that we have. And God whispers, he's speaking this guidance and direction into our lives. It's the good news. He is speaking. The bad news is that we have a struggle, we have a barrier that nobody else in history has ever had to deal with on the level that we do. We have a barrier to hearing God's voice that Paul, like from the Bible, didn't have to deal with on a level that we have to deal with every single day. We have a barrier to hearing God's voice that like John Calvin or Thomas Aquinas, whatever, you know, affiliation that you have, didn't have to deal with. We have a barrier that Mother Teresa, Jesus himself, didn't have to to deal with, that we are inundated, we live in the noisiest, busiest, most distracted time in human history. God is speaking, we can't hear him because of the audio clutter, because of the sheer volume of noise in our lives. He's speaking good news, bad news, We can't hear them. We can't hear them because over in the living room, we've got like Marvel going on, competing with like the the baking championship TV show happening like on simultaneous screens. We've got like our pocket shouting us headlines. We've got Facebook telling us about our second cousin's karate trophy that he got in a tournament last weekend. We've got Instagram telling us that other people's lives are more glamorous than ours. We got Twitter shouting at us about what the evil other side is up to. Like the busiest, noisiest, most distracted generation in history. Linda Stone is a tech writer and uh, tech writer and she coined the phrase and I love it, continuous partial attention. That's what we've got. That's our, that's our problem. How many, how many of you guys, um, like me, I'm going to ask for a show of hands. Fulton Heights, you're, you're uh, invited to participate at home on your couch. Participate. This is good. How many of us are guilty of being like two-screen people? You've got one screen in front of you and then another one that you're watching at the same time. Right? Like, it's just about all of us. Like, I'm sitting down, my wife and I, we, uh, like, the Marvel thing and the baking thing, that's, that's real. Like, we'll, we'll try to take turns on, like, what show we watch so we can at least do something together, you know? And so we sit down, we're watching, you know, we, we pick our, one of our shows, right? And so we sit down, we watch the Marvel show, because my wife is way into that. I'm the baker. I'm just kidding. I'm just messing, <laughs> messing around on that. Uh, but we're we'll, we'll watching, watching baking, you know, and something funny will happen. And I'm looking over, and I'm going like, you know, did you see it? And she's like, oh, no. I was like checking my email. What, what happened? And I'm like, why am I watching a baking show by myself that I don't want to be watching? Right? So it's like 
My resolution, one of them this year, is to aspire to become a single screen kind of person. Like, how bad is that, that this is the level? And some of you are like, yeah, I mean, that's good. I just, I don't see it in, you know, this year. But like, it's someday, someday I could become, you know, get it down to two screens, maybe one screen next year. Like, this is, this is where we are. Continuous partial attention is the problem. But listening, on the other hand, listening is focused attention on the speaker. Now, you imagine God asking the question, I'm speaking, good news. It's noisy, bad news. Are you, are you listening? And our response to God is frequently like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of sort of, let me just finish this text, and then, and then I'm going to hear what you have to say. He's speaking. Are you listening to what he has to say? Good news, bad news. Good news. He has also provided a way out. In his wisdom, he has also offered a calm, an escape from the storm. If you take nothing out of this time here together, I would love for it to simply be this. To hear the whisper of God, we have to escape the noise of the world. This is the, this is the story of escape. It's going to come to us, 1 Kings chapter 19. Old Testament stories like this one, it kind of start to like build and build and build. And Rather than read like the entire book of 1 Kings, highly recommend, by the way. We're going to drop in right in the middle uh, of the story, so a little bit of context uh, to start us off with. Main character besides God is Elijah in this story. Elijah is a man of God. He's a follower of God. He's a prophet. He's devoted to God. He's also very, very tired. The king, Ahab, is married to Queen Jezebel. Ahab doesn't like followers of God. Jezebel really, really doesn't like followers of God. And she has made it her very public mission to do away with them completely. So we drop in on Elijah. He has been on the run for like hundreds of miles just trying to get away from this woman who is trying to kill him. He is tired, he's exhausted, he finds himself in a cave, just kind of like hiding out, and God like taps him on the shoulder to get his attention. And in verse 10, in verse 10 we read that God says, uh, that God says, what are you doing here? Kind of an existential question. And Elijah replied, all right, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, built your, uh, and put your prophets to death with a sword. He goes, I am the only one left. Hang on to that. And now they're trying to kill me too. A lot in here is true. Uh, tore down your altars. Absolutely. The people have rejected your covenant. There's a relationship that God has with his people. Yes, very much true. Now they're trying to kill me too. Yeah, I mean, that's why he, why he had to run. There's a lot of truth in here. It's just not all true. Especially the line, I am the only one left. He wasn't. And he knew he wasn't. That God had tucked away a hundred other followers of Jesus for safekeeping. To to keep them uh, followers of God. uh, For safekeeping. Elijah knew he wasn't the only one left. But this this is what fear does and this is what isolation does. It makes, us, it makes us hiding out, and so we can't see clear-headed the truth around us, why it's so incredibly important to live out the value that we have on the walls at Fulton Heights and Kentwood, that we do life together. Because isolation and fear divides us, and it, it makes us unable to see the truth of God all around us. 
And sometimes we need other people in our lives just to point out the truth of God that's staring us smack in the face. But this is a message about noise. So let's get back on track. Verse 11. All right, the Lord said, he's accommodating Elijah. I love it. The Lord said, okay, go out, stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now, Elijah, for his side of things, he is in a deep hole, he's down in despair, and God just told him that he's about to pass by. Elijah has seen, has seen the power of God firsthand. Elijah, in chapter 18, one chapter ago, Elijah was on a mountain, and he had watched as God lit up, ignited the soaking wet altar in flames. Like, Elijah has seen the power of God. He grew up on the stories of God's powerful move. Hail raining down in the desert to allow the people to escape Egypt. Going into the, the Red Sea, splitting it so the people could walk by on dry land. His expectations are running high in church. God doesn't disappoint. This is what happens next. A great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. One translator of the story says, uh, uses the word instead of wind, he uses whirlwind. And maybe it's like my Michigan roots that I just appreciate that a lot more. Like tornado warnings and tornado drills. Like I grew up on those in school. Everybody away from the windows, under the desks. First Friday of the month at noon, the sirens going off. Just letting you know, this is what it sounds like. Make sure you can hear it. Just a mess with kids on the playground. I, just, I, don't, I don't know why it's Friday at noon, but that's what, it's our takeaway. I mean... Many of us who, who've lived around for long enough, you, you know what it's like to be in a storm. The, the howling wind, the, the eerie, the creaks, the shakes of the, of the building, like wondering if, if this tornado, if this thing is going to come right through. Maybe some of you are old enough to have seen that movie Twister some years ago, right? The F5 finger of God, like that's the power of the tornado. I imagine Elijah back in the cave and a storm is going, shattering rocks, tearing through the mountain. Cow, you know, coming, coming. It was probably not a cow. That is not historically accurate according to the story. But like you get the idea, the power, the power, the inescapable power of that whirlwind. And I think it's at this point in the story where we read ourselves into it just a little. If not a tornado drill, we think about the inescapable power of the whirlwind that's swirling around us all the time. Beeps and noises and vibrations and notifications just to let us know there's activity that we're missing out on all the time. There is something happening all the time that warrants our attention. The BBC News published an article some years ago that said that we are exposed to more data in a day than somebody from the 15th century would have been their entire lives. I mean, that just, like, that makes sense. I'm like, yeah, for sure. I mean, we've got companies who, who are marketing, like, viral videos and trending products, like, directly into our pockets, into our, into our phone. Like, some of you have had that experience where you're talking to somebody about, a, like, a product or whatever, and then... Like for the next week, that's all you see in your Instagram feed or on online. And it's creepy. But you're like, I kind of know the deal when I sign up, right? If, it, if the service is free, I'm the product. Like, I, I get it. 
Like I was having a conversation with somebody about solo soaps, those little fire pit deals. And it's like for a month after that, it's like all I saw on Instagram was just solo stoves everywhere. And now because I said it too many times, all of you are also going to see solo stoves, little fireplaces. You're welcome. I mean, they're pretty, pretty to look at. Good luck trying not to buy one, you know? More, more people have failed. But like the whirlwind of notifications, buzzes, and vibrations swirling around you and I all the time, it does not surprise us that God is not in the wind. The story continues. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake either. Unlike tornadoes, we don't get earthquakes in West Michigan. Not too often, at least. I never remember an earthquake drill happening in school. I don't know what we'd even do about that. About seven years ago, in West Michigan, there was an earthquake. Some of you guys remember that? It was like 4.2 on the Richter scale. It wasn't huge. But those of you who felt it, what I heard uh, time and time again is just how unsettling it is for the, for the foundation that you stand on, what you've just taken for granted your whole lives, to all of a sudden experience that as wobbly, unsure, Maybe it's in the wisdom of my old age, approaching my late 30s now, but I just start to realize like how unsure a lot of things are that I had once taken for granted. I, I think about uh, government, business leaders, spiritual leaders as well. It's just like when you hear the stories, the ground that we stand on we realize is a little more wobbly than we had assumed. It does not surprise us that the Lord isn't in the earthquake either. A fire. Verse 12. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Uh, heat plus pressure creates fire which burns <laughs> we when applied to when burning applied to people when heat and pressure applied to people we have a word for that too it's called burn out the the constant sense of being on being connected and being available creates a specific kind of exhaustion of desperation uh, the cdc now lists it as a symptom that we get to experience like other generations haven't before the exhaustion the depletion it makes us tired but sleep isn't the answer it's a certain kind of tired that more rest only like makes us more tired and the cycle continues on and on and on some of us have experienced like the, the pressure of uh, the specific heat and pressure of hustle culture. You guys know what I'm talking about? Where you're just, where you're just on, you're grinding, you're working like 24-7 and that's like celebrated as well as expected. And it's like, what's your main hustle? What's your side hustle on top of that? <laughs> I mean, listen, get me started on this like hustle culture thing. Well, we're going to save that one. That's probably for part two next week, you know, unfollow from hurry. But there's a commandment against this sort of thing. It's one of the top 10. It's up there with like, don't murder. Also, remember Sabbath. 
Remember taking time out, out of production. Anyway, that's next week. Unfollow from hurry. Come on back. We'll, we'll get to that one. Let's go, back to, let's go back to the cave. Let's go back to Elijah. We can relate to Elijah, can't we? We can relate to Elijah. The whirlwind of noise and stimulation, earthquakes of ground-shaking news and notification, the fire of pressure and expectation, desperate, desperation to hear the voice of God. But the voice of God isn't in the earthquake. It isn't in the fire. It isn't in, it's in the silence. The voice of God is in the silence. He's whispering. Elijah hears the voice of God in a gentle whisper. It makes me think about what happens when somebody is whispering to me. I lean in with my undivided attention. I lean in to hear the person speaking. And God is saying, if you want to hear my voice, if you're missing my guidance and my direction, lean in. If you take nothing else out of this time together, I hope it's this that to hear the whisper of God, you need to get out of the, of the storm of noise, the audio clutter all around us. Good news, he's speaking. The bad news is there is more noise than ever before in human history. But the good news is that he provides an escape, provides a way out of it. My favorite psalm, Psalm 46. Uh, my wife is instructed in, my, in the event of my untimely death, this psalm will be read at my funeral. <laughs> Though the earth shakes and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, be still and know that I am God. That word be still, in Hebrew, rafa, <laughs> literally, be still, rafa means to let go. And I just think about how appropriate it is in the world that we live in today of what we need to let go of the source of so much noise in our lives. Let go. Be still. Uh, 2010, the country of Finland was trying to market itself to like tourists, to like sell people on coming and visit. And they're like, okay, what, what do we have that we can share with the world that's unique to Finland? And they're like, oh, no, I, nature? There's a lot of nature in Finland. And so the marketing team is, is like talking about, you know, there's like, wild berries and hikes and mushrooms like you could come and like that's Finland and one of the guys is like I don't know about all of this 
So, true story, a marketing team, one of the guys just blurts out, Finland is so quiet and boring, how are we ever going to sell people on coming here? And the team goes, that's it. 2010, marketing campaign for Finland as a country. The slogan comes out of it, shh, silence please. They're like, that's what we have. We have quiet in a world where people will pay hundreds of dollars for noise-canceling headphones, thousands of dollars for silence, silent retreats. We have silence and quiet to offer the world, and they'll be grateful for it. Uh, number one slogan is silence, please, followed closely by silence is golden, conversation is silver. I love it. Finland gets it. Research shows Two minutes of quiet, two minutes of silence every day has a measurable impact of relaxation on the person participating in the silence. 20 minutes of silence every single day, painful, I know, 20 minutes of silence has, quote, a major effect on emotional wellness of the person experiencing that silence. It's like, God, be still. Let go, know that I am God. He knows what he's up to. Uh, number one, how to escape the, the noise. Let go, Rafa, be still. Uh, number two, leave. D- leave, just get out. If you, if you can't let go, just leave. Get out of there. Uh, Jesus was known to leave uh, the inauguration of his earthly ministry. He, he starts the whole thing with a baptism. A voice of God, this is my son whom I love. He goes under the water. There's the Holy Spirit and a dove. I mean, this is, this is grand scene, this awesome scene. And Jesus immediately leaves. He goes out into the wilderness to be tempted. Like just by himself. Nobody else is even around. Jesus, how often do the biblical writers say things, use phrases like, he went off to a deserted place, or he went up on side of a mountain. He was a, went to pray alone in the garden. Like, he left all the time. Some of us, myself included, it's like, well, I'm too important to leave. People are counting on me. It's like, Jesus left, and you think, you're too important? <laughs> Got another thing coming. I mean, Jesus, like, people is crowded around. Hey, uh, you're supposed to be king. You're supposed to be savior. You're supposed to be Messiah. Hey, you're supposed to be doing this other thing, but yet he leaves. I've got questions for you, Jesus. Uh, what does the law require of me? Who is my neighbor? How do you get your hair so soft and curly like in the pictures in the church basement? We've got questions for you. Not actually that last one. Again, not historically accurate. But Jesus takes time again and again. Let go, be silent, yes, and also to leave. Just get out Silence, please. It's golden. I think it's, uh, it's providence that I bumped into a friend this week that I have not seen for, for years. And uh, one of the things I like to do is just ask people, like, you know, what are your hobbies? What, what, are, you, what are you doing? Especially in wintertime. Like, we live in Michigan. Embrace the snow. Embrace the winter instead of escaping from it, if you can what are you doing? And he's going, kayaking. Can't wait to get out on the river. This summer? No. Now. January? You want to you wanna do a water sport in January? He goes, there's, there's nothing else like it. And so maybe for five or ten minutes, he tried to hard sell me on kayaking on a river in the wintertime. I think he could understand I was not buying it. 
was not picking up what he was putting down in that brief conversation. And so he, he texts me later, and he's like, I'm going to get you out on the river yet. <laughs> and he wrote this. He goes, I always find a trip down the river, a visit to God's sanctuary, a place to find calm, to find peace, to find quiet sections, to let my mind wander in conversation with my maker. And when the conditions are right, winter brings a heightened level of quiet. There's no flotillas of loud partying groups floating down the river. There are, only, there are rarely any other kayakers or hikers following the river's edge. After a heavy, gleaming white snowfall, the trees and ground are coated in a fresh blanket. The same blanket muffles any neighboring sounds or road noise or people going about their chores around home. When it's quiet, I can't help but notice the rhythm of the rippling water and the drops of water that fall from my paddle. In the winter, when everything is perfect, it's magical. Just enough to wake up my core and become alive in the surroundings. It's this sense of awareness where I feel most at peace. When conversations with God don't have to wait for a quiet section of the river or of life, they just flow as the river flows because every section is a quiet section in a perfect sanctuary God created just for me. This week, letting go or just leaving, I pray that you will find God's sanctuary made just for you. He's speaking so much noise in the world, but if we can let go or leave, we can hear the whisper of God as we lean into the voice. We're going to end our time a little bit differently this week. I'd like to guide us into this experience of just some silence. And so we're going to put, uh, in just a moment, a picture of the river scene that he sent me along with the text to let me know what I'm missing out on. It's going to be on the screen. You can look at it. You can reflect on it if you would like to. Uh, church, church online, it's so, so tempting for you to check out and to close the browser right now because silence is a bit painful, especially if we're just starting off on it. Don't. Stay engaged. Stay connected. Let's lean in. Let's hear the whisper of our maker in his sanctuary. Let's one minute of silence as we reflect.
And so, God, we lift up to you our quiet, our lives. Spirit, you're whispering into our ears just what it is that we need to let go of. Spirit, you're giving us the courage to let go, even to leave. Jesus, you're leading the way by showing us what a life of quiet and stillness looks like. God, I pray pray that we're able to hear you this week, that we're able to let go, that we're able to leave. God, I pray that we'll get to experience in a more powerful way than ever before your direct guidance and direction in whatever area of life we need to experience it. Jesus, it's in your name. Hey church, it's our sincere prayer that this message was able to help you find new life in Christ. And if you did find it helpful, would you consider donating to help drive this ministry forward? And don't forget, there's no substitute for doing life together. So find a worship experience, join a small group or a serving team today. You can do all this at EncounterChurch.org.